2 Samuel chapter 24, David displeases the Lord by taking a census. The Lord's anger again raged against Israel, and he incited David against them, saying, Go count Israel and Judah. The king told Joab, the general in command of the army, Go through all the tribes of Israel, from Dan to Beersheba, and muster the army, so I may know the size of the army. Joab replied to the king, May the Lord your God make the army a hundred times larger right now before your eyes of my lord, the king. But why does my master, the king, want to do this? But the king's edict stood, despite the objections of Joab and the leaders of the army, so Joab and the leaders of the army left the king's presence in order to muster the Israelite army. They crossed the Jordan and camped at Aroah, on the south side of the city, at the Wadi of Gad near Jazer. Then they went on to Gilead and to the region of Tahim Hodshi, coming to Dan Jan and on around to Sidon. Then they went to the fortress of Tyre and all the cities of the Hivites and the Canaanites. They went on to the Negev of Judea to Beersheba. They went through all the land and after nine months and twenty days came back to Jerusalem. Joab reported the number of warriors to the king. In Israel there were 800,000 sword-wielding warriors, and in Judah there were 500,000 soldiers. David felt guilty after he had numbered the army. David said to the Lord, I have sinned greatly by doing this. Now, O Lord, please remove the guilt from your servant, for I have acted very foolishly. When David got up the next morning, the Lord's message had already come to the prophet Gad, David's seer. Go tell David. This is what the Lord has said. I am offering you three forms of judgment. Pick one of them and I will carry it out against you. Gad went to David and tell him, Shall seven years of famine come upon, upon your land? Or shall you flee for three months from your enemies with them in hot pursuit? Or shall there be three days of plague on your land? Now decide what I shall tell the one who sent me. David said to Gad, I am very upset. I prefer that we be attacked by the Lord, for his mercy is great. I do not want to be attacked by human hands. So the Lord sent a plague through Israel from the morning until the completion of the appointed time, and 70,000 people died from Dan to Beersheba. When the angel extended his hand to destroy Jerusalem, the Lord relented from his judgment. He told the angel who was killing the people, that's enough. Stop now. Now the angel of the Lord was near the threshing floor of Aruna, the Jebusite. When he saw the angel who was destroying the people, David said to the Lord, Look, it is I who have sinned and done this evil thing. As for these sheep, what have they done? Attack me and my family. David acquires a threshing floor and constructs an altar there. So Gad went to David that day and told him, go up and build an altar for the Lord on the threshing floor of Aruna the Jebusite. So David went up as Gad had instructed him according to the Lord's instructions. Now Aruna looked out and saw the king and his servants approaching him. He went out and bowed to the king with his face to the ground. Aruna said, why has the Lord my king come to his servant? David replied, to buy from you the threshing floor so I can build an altar for the Lord so that the plague may be removed from the people. Aruna told David, My lord the king may take whatever he wishes and offer it. Look, here are oxen for burnt offerings and threshing sledges and harnesses for wood. I, the servant of my lord the king, give it all to the king. Aruna also said to the king, May the lord your god show you favour. 
But the king said to Aruna, No, I insist on buying it from you. I will not offer to the Lord my God burnt sacrifices that cost me nothing. So David bought the threshing floor and the oxen for fifty pieces of silver. Then David built an altar there for the Lord and offered burnt sacrifices and peace offerings. And the Lord accepted prayers for the land and the plague was removed from Israel. 1 Chronicles chapter 21, the Lord sends a plague against Israel. An adversary opposed Israel, inciting David to count how many warriors Israel had. David told Joab and the leaders of the army, go count the number of warriors from Beersheba to Dan. Then bring back a report to me, so I may know how many we have. Joab replied, may the Lord make his army a hundred times larger. My master, O king, do not all of them serve my master. Why does my master want to do this? Why bring judgment on Israel? But the king's edict stood despite Joab's objections. So Joab left and travelled throughout Israel before returning to Jerusalem. Joab reported to David the number of warriors. In all Israel there were one million sword-wielding soldiers. Judah alone had 470,000 sword-wielding soldiers. Now Joab did not number Levi and Benjamin, for the king's edict disgusted him. God was also offended by it, so he attacked Israel. David said to God, I have sinned greatly by doing this. Now please remove the guilt of your servant, for I have acted very foolishly. The Lord told Gad, David's prophet, go tell David, this is what the Lord says. I am offering three forms of judgment from which you choose. Pick one of them. Gad went to David and told him, this is what the Lord says, pick one of these, three years of famine, or three months of being chased by your enemies and struck down by their swords, or three days of being struck down by the Lord, during which a plague will invade the land and the angel of the Lord will destroy throughout Israel's territory. Now decide what I should tell the one who sent me. David said to Gad, I am very upset. I prefer to be attacked by the Lord, for his mercy is great. I do not want to be attacked by men. So the Lord sent a plague through Israel and 70,000 Israelite men died. God sent an angel to ravage Jerusalem. As he was doing so, the Lord watched and relented from his judgment. He told the angel who was destroying, that's enough, stop now. Now the angel of the Lord was standing near the threshing floor of Ornan, the Jebusite. David looked up and saw the angel of the Lord standing between earth and sky with his sword drawn in his hand, stretched out over Jerusalem. David and the leaders, covered with sackcloth, threw themselves down with their faces to the ground. David said to God, Was I not the one who decided to number the army? I am the one who sinned and committed this awful deed. As for these sheep, what have they done? O Lord my God, attack me and my family, but remove the plague from your people. So the angel of the Lord told Gad to instruct David to go up and build an altar for the Lord on the threshing floor of Ornan, the Jebusite. So David went up as Gad instructed him to do in the name of the Lord. While Ornan was threshing wheat, he turned and saw the messenger, and he and his four sons hid themselves. When David came to Ornan, Ornan looked and saw David. He came out from the threshing floor and bowed to David with his face to the ground. David said to Ornan, sell me the threshing floor so I can build on it an altar for the Lord. I'll pay top price so that the plague may be removed from the people. Ornan said to David, you can have it. My master, my king, 
may do what he wants. Look, I am giving you oxen for burnt sacrifices, the threshing sledges for wood, and the wheat for an offering. I give it to you. King David replied to Warnant, No, I insist on buying it for top price. I will not offer the Lord what belongs to you or offer a burnt sacrifice that cost me nothing. So David bought the place from Ornan for 600 pieces of gold. David built there an altar to the Lord and offered burnt sacrifices and peace offerings. He called out to the Lord and the Lord responded by sending fire from the sky and consuming the burnt sacrifice on the altar. The Lord ordered the messenger to put his sword back into his sheath. At that time, when David saw the Lord had responded to him at the threshing floor of Ornan the Jebusite, he sacrificed there. Now the Lord's tabernacle, which Moses had made in the wilderness, and the altar for the burnt sacrifices were at that time at the worship centre in Gibeon. But David could not go before it to seek God's will, for he was afraid of the sword of the angel of the Lord. Romans chapter 4, the illustration of justification. What then shall we say that Abraham, our ancestor according to the flesh, has discovered regarding this matter? For if Abraham was declared righteous by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. Now to the one who works... His pay was not credited due to grace, but by obligation. But to the one who does not work, but believes in the one who declares the ungodly righteous, his faith is credited as righteousness. So even David himself speaks regarding the blessedness of the man to whom God credits righteousness apart from works. Blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one against whom the Lord will never count sin. Is this blessedness then for circumcision, or also uncircumcision? For we say, faith was credited to Abraham as righteousness. How then was it credited to him? Was he circumcised at the time, or not? No, he was not circumcised, but uncircumcised, and he received the sign of circumcision as a seal of the righteousness that he had by faith while he was still uncircumcised, so that he would become the father of all who believe, but have never been circumcised, that they too could have righteousness credited to them. And he is also the father of the circumcised, who are not only circumcised, but also walk in the steps of the faith that our father Abraham possessed when he was still uncircumcised. But the promise of Abraham, or to his descendants, that he would inherit the world was not fulfilled through the law, but through the righteousness that comes by faith. For if they become heirs by the law, faith is empty and the promise is nullified. For the law brings wrath. Because where there is no law, there is no transgression either. For this reason, it is by faith so that it may be by grace, with the result that the promise may be certain to all the descendants, not only to those who were under the law, but also to those who have the faith of Abraham, who is the father of all. As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations. He is our father in the presence of God whom he believed. 
the God who makes the dead alive and summons the things that do yet exist as though they already do. Against hope, Abraham believed in hope, with the result that he became the father of many nations, according to the pronouncement, so will your descendants be. Without being weak in faith, he considered his own body as dead, because he was about 100 years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver in unbelief about the promise of God, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. He was fully convinced that what God promised he was able to do so. So indeed it was credited to Abraham as righteousness. But the statement it was credited to him was not written only for Abraham's sake, but also for our sake, to whom it will be credited, those who believe in the one who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. He was given over because of our transgression and was raised for the sake of our justification.' 